The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Main Street Vegan with host Victoria Moran. Victoria is an author, inspirational speaker, and a certified holistic health counselor and vegan lifestyle coach. She's here to entertain, educate, and inspire you on your journey to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Now, let's get this party started. Here is your host, Victoria Moran. Hey everybody, welcome to the Main Street Vegan Show. I have a secret for you, and that is that if you're listening live on November 2nd, 2016, that's not really when we're talking with you. This is a pre-record. We don't do those very often, but there are a couple of reasons for doing this today. One is that my wonderful guest that I'm going to be introducing in just a couple of minutes is probably going to be in India the day that live listeners listen to this program. But also this very live day that you're hearing the show, I am actually out on the high seas with a whole bunch of rock stars. It is so exciting. I am on the Melissa Etheridge cruise. Now, I've talked about this cruise a few times before on the program, and gosh, maybe some of you heard about it. Maybe some of you are on it with me. But this is a wonderful opportunity. There's so much music, Joan Jett, Crystal Bowersocks, The Canes, and of course, Melissa Etheridge. But when I look at the lineup of artists, I'm on there too. Now, obviously, not singing, not doing music, that's not my gift, but they're having a few speakers about health and well-being. And I just have to say, if you wait long enough, I think a whole lot of dreams come true. This is honestly the sort of experience that I would have given anything for when I was a, a very rock star-oriented teenager <laughs> back in Kansas City a long, long time ago. And here I am out uh, hanging out with the rockers. So 
life is very good. And you know what else is cool? That on a cruise like this, they're interested in hearing about a vegan lifestyle. That would not have happened back when I was a kid hanging out with the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and the Dave Clark Five. So life is good and evolution happens. So it is now my great pleasure and privilege to introduce our guest. She is a second-time guest for us. And when I say back by popular demand, it's a very interesting kind of popular demand. When she was on before, it was just over a year ago, October 7th of 2015. You can go in the archives of, of our program there on Unity Online Radio, or you can just go to tinyurl.com slash podcast and, and find that October 7th, 2015 program. Our lovely guest, Mrs. Pramoda Chitrabadhu, was on talking about her cookbook, Foods of Earth, Tastes of Heaven. This is a Jane Vegan cookbook. And she was on in our first segment, which is a short segment. And I learned very shortly into doing this program back in 2012 that it would be good to have a short opening segment where I would do some special kinds of guests, particularly cookbook authors, because food is so wonderful to taste and fun to prepare and interesting to look at and delightful to smell. But to just talk about seems like a smaller segment is a good idea, and generally that works just fine. But with this particular guest, her presence was so calming and so peaceful and so edifying For everybody who listened, the second guest who was on the program that day, that was uh, Becky Robinson from Alley Cat Allies, Jeff Comfort, our engineer, everybody was just in this wonderful, uplifted state. And today we have the wonderful treat of being able to be in that state for the entire program. So as it is November and we are entering a holiday season and a great many traditions around the world. Let's consider this a very holy time together and a wonderful time of learning and enlightenment as well. Born and brought up in a traditional Jain family, Mrs. Pramoda Chitrabanhu developed an interest in the philosophy of reverence for life from early childhood. Pramodaji's main interest is to teach and help put the principles of ahimsa, of non-harming, dynamic harmlessness, into everyday practice. And when you hear her, you'll know how well she does that. Welcome, Pramoda. Thank you, Victoria. It's my pleasure to be again on your show. And I love your show so much. And many of my friends and students also hear you and they love it. So it's my honor to be with you again. Well, that means the world. Just knowing that your students are listening makes me feel happy. So for those who didn't hear you before and, and those who are perhaps unfamiliar with Jainism, tell us about the tradition. Uh, okay, uh, let us start from uh, the antiquity of Jain religion. First of all, uh, we really don't call it a religion. 
because it's a philosophy and it teaches you a way of life and how to live your life uh, on this earth, on this planet, uh, very lightly where your presence does not disturb anyone, any else's presence. So it teaches us uh, to be very kind and gentle. The philosophy, or as we call it a religion, the Jain religion is very, very ancient. And as the historians say that 5,000 years old Vedas, that is the scriptures for the Hindus, in that Vedas there is a mention of the first Jain teacher named Adinatha and his son Bharata, Bharata, on whose name the whole India is named as Bharata. So it is the antiquity is, you have no historical evidence for that, but 5,000 years old Vedas, in that if the name is mentioned, we can imagine that it is really, really much, much uh, uh, old religion. And last two 24 teachers last to the 23rd and 24, we have historical evidence. And the 23rd one was called Parshwanatha in the 7th century. And the last one, whom we all Jains follow, and his name is Lord Mahavira, was in 599 BC to 527 BC. So this is the antiquity of Jain religion. So it is passed on from generation to generation. And the main tradition is to reflect on yourself uh, and purify yourself to realize that you are a pure divinity and pure light. So the tradition is to really, really look within and focus on the center of your self and know the nature of who you are and what are you holding within yourself. So th this is the tradition and there are lots of principles which we all follow. So any question, Victoria, regarding that, I would be very, very happy to answer those questions. Oh, promoter, you know I have plenty of questions. Yes. <laughs> I've been fascinated by Jainism for a long time. I, I got my college degree in uh, comparative religions, and I can remember doing a paper on, on Mahavira and, and Jainism, and it, it opened so many doors. I already knew the term ahimsa, and I was already vegetarian, but mm -hmm. it really showed me so many reasons why this was even more important than, than I thought at the time. So it is my understanding that Jainism, I believe, requires vegetarianism of its proponents. Is this true? Yes, absolutely, because the main principle is nonviolence, ahimsa. And uh, if ahimsa means you don't hurt any living being per se, even from the mammals to the, uh, the tiny little bacteria. And that's why sometimes you may find some Jains wearing masks, some nuns and monks wearing masks 
across their face so to even not allow any bacteria to enter their mouth or kill any bacteria when they are speaking. So it is true that uh, uh, Jainism, all uh, people who are following the path of Jain philosophy has to be vegetarian. So ahimsa, now tell us a little bit about that word. Uh, I believe most of us have heard of it from yoga. We've heard of it from the Hindu tradition, but obviously it's central to Jainism as well. Yes. So ahimsa in uh, Jainism is a fundamental principle forming the cornerstone of its ethics and doctrine. The term ahimsa means nonviolence, non-injury, or absence of desire to harm any life form. Any life form. There is no desire to harm uh, even a tiniest living being and even the grass. So even the Jains are so careful not to walk on grass so they don't kill the life that is existing in the leaves and the grass and the plants around uh, their, uh, uh, where they step or where they are walking. So this is the fundamental wow and runs through the Jain tradition like a golden thread. It involves avoidance of violence in any form through thoughts, word or deed. Not only to human beings, but also to all nature. So it is so careful and it is such an environmental friendly philosophy that you don't want to disturb the existing nature or minimize your disturbance. So the, the nature can exist in its own uh, nature and its own way. It also means reverence for life in every form, including plants and animals. So Jains practice the principle of compassion for all living beings at every step in daily life. So Jains are vegetarians, and now they are becoming vegan. After That's knowing, wonderful. Yes, after knowing the cruelty behind the dairy industry, uh, they are turning towards becoming uh, vegan. And that is why my intention, first when I wrote the first cookbook, The Foods of the Earth, Taste of Heaven, was a vegetarian cookbook. And then I decided that I should write another one when I myself became a vegan in 1995, that I should write a vegan cookbook, especially for Indians and Jains who really don't know the alternatives to dairy. And so I thought that if I can provide that to them, they might think and really turn into becoming a vegan. And so the cookbook that I, second cookbook that I wrote is the rainbow food for the vegan palate. Oh, yes, and we talked become, about that one as well. Yes. So now it's becoming so popular that in November 2015, November 20th, 2015, I got a Best Books Award for this cookbook in well, India. that's wonderful. That's yes. great. Yes. So tell us a little bit, uh, since we're talking about dairy, and then I do want to go back and ask you some more of the tenets of Jainism, but with 
cows and milk and ghee and India. There just mm. seems to be such a, a mix that I, I have had Indian people, beautiful, devout people who, who really do cherish ahimsa, try to convince me that somehow milk is good and I really should take another look <laughs> Mm. At, at dairy, tell us some of, of that tradition and, and uh, how you present the vegan ethic to people in India. Uh, well, I think the, what has happened is, Victoria, that we have not been well educated uh, regarding the dairy industry. And we, from the childhood, we have been conditioned to believe that milk gives you all the uh, protein and calcium and it is very good for your bones, it's very good for your teeth and calcium you need. So we have been conditioned to believe this. And once when we are conditioned and when we know that uh, we have been raised uh, uh, in this tradition, it is very, very, very hard to break that shell because we have completely absorbed ourselves in believing that this is the right way of food. This is ghee is very good for your health. You have a lot of uh, protein in that. It is good for your system because it greases all your different parts in your body. So there is no concept that there is violence. And I think I was one of them. Till 1995, I felt the same way. And I... I I was so blinded with what I was taught that I never thought second time to reflect back to what my friends in America were trying to tell me. So I don't blame the Jains or the Indian population because they are not well educated. And no one has seen the dairy industry in India. So we don't go behind the walls to see what happens in the slaughterhouses, in the dairy industry, on the dairy uh, animals, no one sees that. So when you don't see it, you don't believe it. So I think it is, that's very true here as well. Yes. So if that's why they say that if the slaughterhouses had uh, glass windows, no one would be eating any kind of flesh or uh, drink me um, uh, milk or eat use dairy. But yes. We, it is so sad that we are kept so far away from this kind of secrets and this kind of uh, violence that it is uh, we human beings who are considered to be so intelli intelligent, so intellectual. But when it comes to food habits, I think so. It's very, very difficult to break those habits. You need, I always say to my friends and students that Ahimsa is not a concept, it is the conviction of your consciousness. Beautiful. So what happened to you in 1995 that made you well, make such a, a When I went to Las Vegas, it's a very interesting thing. I went to Las Vegas with my husband and he was supposed to speak there and I was supposed to meet some of the guests there and the people who were hosting us to the Jain family, the woman said that, uh, uh, Pramodaji, I would like you to meet some of my American friends. So shall we go out and just uh, have a small little gathering in a restaurant? 
and it's a vegetarian restaurant and we can all sit together and they have lots of questions regarding Jain religion. So would you be happy to come? And I said, of course, I would love to share my views and my thoughts. So we all went to the restaurant and they asked me, okay, what are you going to take? What are you going to eat? So I said, well, I would love a glass of uh, um, vanilla uh, milkshake with vanilla ice cream. So they started looking at each other. I, I couldn't believe why they did that. But then they brought that to me. And in our conversation, one of the friends was bold enough to question me that, uh, Pramodaji, I'm surprised but you being a Jain who follows non-violence to such an extreme that you are taking this milkshake made out of milk and uh, ice cream, vanilla ice cream that is also made out of dairy. Uh, you don't have any qualms. So I said, why? It's a vegetarian. So he said, no, you don't know what happens to it. I said, no. So they described me the whole dairy industry. And to tell you honestly, Victoria, I heard them, but I didn't listen to them. I came home. I told my husband that this is what I heard. And then he also was at home and someone was talking to him, had come to see him. And they also, that American friend, also was talking about dairy industry. I think that time it was in 1995. This was coming up quite a lot and people were talking about it. So when we came back home after a few days, uh, next morning I was making chai, that is that Indian tea with uh, dairy milk. So he told me that I'm not going to drink this. Can you make a black tea for me? So I said, why? Why are you not taking the regular chai? So he said, no, after listening to this, I think I, I cannot. I said, okay. And then uh, he didn't impose his views on me. And that day... I also started thinking, I did drink the cup of tea in the next day, but I went out in the market to buy something and I went to a health food store right next to my neighborhood and uh, I walked up and Victoria, you won't believe, I saw lots of soy milk and almond milk in front of me in the containers and in the tetra packs, in the cartons, and I, I went uh, to the manager and I said, when did you start uh, storing all these things? She said, ma'am, this has been here for uh, so many uh, months. I said, are you sure? I have been coming here every alternate day. I've never seen them. So he said, there must be some mistake. Victor, I thought that really something changed in me that how foolish I was and how I was so insensitive that something that was right in front of me, I never noticed it. And I noticed when my heart opened up to these animals and the suffering and the abuse that they were going through, that something told me to go to this health food store and the first thing, this is what I'm seeing. I'm bringing that soy milk at home one uh, uh, gallon of soy milk at home, and that was our switch. What a beautiful story. And I love it that it was when your heart opened, your eyes opened, and you yes. saw the non-dairy milks. That's right. 
and it was there all the time. He said yeah. it's there. It was there. So how we get blinded with our own belief that we are not even open to receive the message uh, of non-violence, of reverence for life, because we are so entangled with our own desire and greed that yeah. we sometimes are trying to even avoid to see the truth because change is so difficult and yeah. we don't want to change. And that is one of the biggest problem or hurdle for me to convince the Jains because they are afraid to give up their taste buds and they are afraid that they will not get the same taste in the soy milk or almond milk or rice milk, what they get in the dairy milk. Well, your work is cut out for you. But as as I, I talk to more and more people, there there is a, a lot of um, change toward veganism in, in India. And yes. I'm sure that, that you're part of that. You know what else I love about the story, Promota, is that you first learned this in Las Vegas, which is called Sin City. I know. <laughs> that is not usually a place <laughs> where somebody goes to have an enlightenment experience, which just goes to show that it doesn't matter where you are on this planet. <laughs> when your heart yeah. is open, the That's universe right. can speak to you. Ah, so getting back just a little bit to the philosophy, we're going to be taking a break in four minutes, but perhaps you can share with us the three pillars of Jainism in that time. And then if we want to go into more detail, we'll do that. Yes. Okay. The three pillars of uh, Jainism that uh, I usually that we talk about is the three A's that we, I call it the three A's. The first A is for Ahimsa, the second A is for Anekantvada, and the third A is for Aparigraha. So Ahimsa, the first A, Ahimsa means non-violence as we just went through that. Anekantvada means multiplicity of viewpoints. And I will uh, elaborate on that a little in a minute. And aparigra means the practice of non-possessiveness. And these three principles or the three pillars of Jainism is such a wonderful principles and pillars because I think that is the need for today's world where there is so much chaos, there is so environmental damage, there is no ecological balance, there is so so much destruction in the name of greed, in the name of desire, and people are never satisfied. So we keep on violating the laws of the nature. So multiplicity of viewpoints mean, and it is so beautiful that it refers to the principles of pluralism and multiplicity uh, points of view and viewpoints or vantage points, the notion that reality is perceived differently from diverse points of views. For example, I have a glass which is half full. You would see half full and I would see half empty. If we fight for that, I don't think so we are respecting each other's viewpoints. So I accept it 
and I agree that we do disagree. So when when we are talking about the multiplicity of viewpoints, the the notion of the reality is perceived differently from diverse points of view, and that no single point of view is the complete truth. Yet. And when we take everything together, they comprise the complete truth. So if I am sitting right in front of you, and if you, I pull up my palm in front of you, and I said, okay, what are you seeing? You would say, oh, I see some lines. Uh, I see your uh, knuckles, the lines of the knuckles. I see some uh, different, different uh, uh, bumps on your uh, palm. And that's what you see. So I say, well, I don't see that. I see nails from behind. I see the wrinkles on my hands. I see different, different uh, creases on my hands. So if we both fight for that, I think that we are not coming to terms with the reality because we don't see the reality at one time. We can't see the truth, all the facets of the truth. So the facets of the truth can only be seen from different points of view. So here, I think Mahavira taught us so well that don't disrespect someone else's viewpoint. What a beautiful thing for you to be saying right now, because in less than a week, there will be a presidential election in the United States. And we've gone through many, many months of people disagreeing about just about everything and how interesting if we could really look at the big picture and come at all of these issues from our varying points of view and um, come to some peace. So I'm sorry to cut you off here. We do need to take a quick station break and then we'll be back more okay. with Mrs. Pramoda Chitrabanhu on Jainism and veganism and wonderful, wonderful, peaceful ideas. Stay with us. Wouldn't you like to share the programs that inspire you most with audiences around the world? That's easier than ever with mobile giving. Just text Unity Radio to 72727 and help us continue offering spiritual programs that change lives. What if you could experience vibrant health, help heal the planet, and be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Authors Victoria and Adair Moran say you can do this easily, affordably, and deliciously in their new book, Main Street Vegan. Everything you need to know to eat healthfully and live compassionately in a real world. Loaded with practical tips, straightforward information, and fabulous recipes, Main Street Vegan will help you on your journey toward a plant-based diet. The perks include more energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, feeling younger as you grow older, and maybe even a boost to your spiritual life. Purchase Main Street Vegan from BN.com, Amazon.com, or your favorite bookseller.
noticed that there might be something not quite right, but you just can't put your finger on it? We may describe it as an inner stirring, a restlessness, a yearning to find our way home to our heart and higher purpose. Some of us may feel like we are living on borrowed time, that despite our accomplishments, what was once so important to us now just feels empty and meaningless. If you find your heart longing, wanting, looking for a path home to authenticity and purpose, join us for transformation, inspiration, hope, and possibility. Move toward your higher calling. Listen to The Call of Spirit with Evelyn Foreman and tune in to Possibility every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Central Time here on Unity Online Radio. listening to Main Street Vegan with Victoria Moran. If you have questions or comments about today's topic or any other area of interest, we invite you to follow Victoria underscore Moran on Twitter or email her at MainStreetVegan at UnityOnlineRadio.org. Now, back to Main Street Vegan. Welcome back, everyone, to our lovely conversation with Pramoda Chitrabanhu. She's author of Foods of Earth, Tastes of Heaven, and also of Rainbow Food for the Vegan Palate. She and her husband are teachers of the beautiful Jain tradition, both in India and in the United States. We've just learned the three pillars of Jainism, harmlessness, multiplicity of viewpoints, and non-possessiveness. The promoter, I want to pick up on something that you said when you were talking about the multiplicity and, and looking at the hand. And one of the things you said was, and I would see the wrinkles in my hand. Now, in mm-hmm. this country where we have such a youth culture, a mm. lot of women would never say wrinkles in my hands because they might think that somebody might think that they're no longer young. How do you mm-hmm. see that as a Jane and, and an Indian woman? Oh, well, I think so that... Uh, that's what the difference is that because I am not the body, that's what I believe. So I am not shy to admit that I am this uh, uh, this many years old or I have wrinkle on my face or wrinkle on my hands. I'm not shy to admit that because that's the part of the nature and matter. Matter integrates and disintegrates. But the consciousness that resides in the matter, that is the body, never ages. So uh, I think you have to, not everyone can think this way, but once you are on the path of spirituality, in the path of enlightenment, the path of knowing who you really are, then all these things slowly, slowly just fades away. So you are not here to prove anyone, but you are here to improve yourself. So uh, I don't see uh, to admit that, yes, I do have wrinkles on my hands or my hands uh, don't look as young and uh, um, uh, beautiful as the young women. I mean, it's just it's very pretentious. And you are not your authentic self. And 
I want to be my authentic self. I want to be who I am. I don't want to pretend that I am someone else. Because in that uh, facade, I I will uh, never be able to get in touch with my real self. And the mask really covers us and does not allow us to see the wear and tear of the body. And that's what we are hiding all our life. And we can never be true to ourselves. So I feel that one should really, when one walks on the path of spirituality, the aspirant slowly, slowly has to come in terms with that reality, that the body slowly, slowly wears off and one ages. And one cannot stop that. I don't think so. Anyone can stop. They can stop for some time. And uh, I'm sure that there are many. For example, my husband is 93 years old. He doesn't look that old. But there is that aging process. If it doesn't show on the body, it shows in the mind. It shows differently. So I think one has to learn to accept. Each and every age one learns to accept it and move forward with that rather than fighting against nature because it's the nature of matter to disintegrate. I love this idea of acceptance. I think it's central to all parts of spirituality, accepting our age, accepting our circumstances, and uh, going from there. So, um, Pramoda, in Jainism, there isn't the same kind of concept of God as we have in, in the Western religions or, or even in the um, polytheistic uh, Hindu tradition. Can you talk to us a little bit about how Jains see that? Yes. Uh, in Jain uh, philosophy, most of the people, it is believed that Jains are atheist. That means we don't believe in God. But that is not really true. Yes, it does not. We don't believe in God as a creator. We don't believe that God God has created this whole universe. We believe that the whole universe was, is, and always will be. But what we really believe is that God is not as a creator, but we believe in the potential power of every soul to attain Godhood. So it is the every soul on this earth has the potential power to become God. So I feel that it empowers every each and every individual to be what they want to be. So it's an empowerment. If I know that I can be God, it's not for just chosen few, then I will do my level best to improve myself to uh, really look at my shortcomings, to look at my negativity, to try to improve that negativity, to try to overcome my hurdles by accepting certain things and moving forward and replacing those negativity with positivity. And because I want to realize myself and become God, I want to become a realized person, enlightened person, without any shortcomings, without any vices, and I want to fully blossom. 
like a full blossomed flower. I want to have that. And I can only have that if I know that I have that capacity, that potentiality. I have that power. I have that strength. I have that within me. The innate quality of the consciousness is to become God. You said, Pramoda, every soul on this earth has the potential to be God. So are you including souls in non-human beings? Yes, but the I really, uh, it, it is very interesting. Your question is really very nice that it is, uh, what I mean is that when once the soul evolves, for example, from plant being, what we believe is that each soul evolves in the cycle of evolution from one sense to two sense, three sense, four sense, five sense. And in five sense, there are animal kingdom and the human beings. So one can attain godhood from becoming human. But the potentiality is already there in that plant life also. And that's why Mahavir says that you don't have the right to take away the life of even the plants because they are potentially God. You are taking away their merits in their evolution process. They will reach human form and then from there they can become God. So who has given you the right to take away life when you don't have the ability and capacity to give life to that uh, life? So I I think it is so touching that Mahavir saw that each and every life potentially has that power. How much can you one explore exploits uh, explores that power and exploits it? It depends on the individual uh, life, individual soul. But each soul has that capacity. But you can attain Godhood only from becoming from the human life. I see. So very quickly, because I also want to ask you about reincarnation and karma, but just because I'm sure someone who was listening said, okay, we're not supposed to kill plants. What do we eat? Yes. So, yeah. Okay. That's also very interesting that according to Jain religion, uh, we really... Uh, it, it, they are right that if we kill the plants, uh, that uh, we uh, kill life. But to survive, we have to eat something because you cannot kill your life like that. So you need to support yourself so you eat plants. But plants uh, have not yet reached the blood consciousness because they are just one sense being. So Mahavira said that you minimize violence as much as possible. Be aware, be with that vegetable kingdom and understand that that life also is being hurt. So as I remember that someone many years ago told me that the American Indians, usually what they do is that they uh, take the life of the plants and then after that, that compost they do and then give it back to the trees and they said, I took life from you and I'm giving back to you. So in the same way, if we have the sensitivity 
to understand that we are taking the life of the plant, but it is only because I want to survive I'm taking it. So that part of that compassion, that part of ahimsa, we don't want to destroy in our heart. We want to keep that alive so that we can feel the pain of the plant life. But it is better to take the plants than to take the five sense beings, the animals, because they have already evolved to becoming animal life. It has reached the blood consciousness, so there is a lot of violence in killing animals. But eating plants, definitely we are violating and we are hurting the plant, but if we have that compassion, we have the uh, understanding and we do communicate with the plants, then we are minimizing violence by taking and the plant. You have given me a good answer to tell my husband. I was saying, I think we should start saving our scraps and take it down to the farmer's market to be composted. And we're yes. in a New York City apartment. It's kind of small. And he looked at me like I had come up with another very strange idea and said, <laughs> why would you want to do that? Well, now mm. now I have a, a good answer. So thank you. And oh, now yeah. very quickly, before we get to reincarnation, would a Jane fight in a war? Uh, no. The Jane, of course, they get drafted and they do go there, but they give their service, becoming a doctor, serving them outside, but never they go on the battlefield. The Jains who cannot even kill an animal, how can they kill a human being? Yes. So in the history of Jainism, no one has gone out to fight a war. Oh, what a beautiful history that is. Yes. I, I think of that old poster that somebody started back in the 60s, and it said, what if they gave a war and nobody came? <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. That, that was a good one. So let's do get into reincarnation and karma, which I know is very central to the philosophy and absolutely mm -hmm. fascinating, I think, even to people in the West. Okay, so uh, uh, according to James, we believe in reincarnation, and uh, uh, we believe that there is not one all-powerful supreme being that controls all. Jains believe in reincarnation, their souls which are believed to be a unique substance in the universe. We are unique substance in this universe and we take different living forms in the cycle of birth, death and rebirth. Now, reincarnation only comes when the question comes that what happens, because one of my our students, when I was doing a, a session in Michigan, in Ann Arbor, in our Lighthouse Center, one of them asked me that uh, uh, what happens uh, to all the bad karmas that Hitler did? So that ends with him. And uh, does a day of judgment come and then they are put into hell or they are put into heaven? And I said, I don't think so, because Jains believe that as what you sow, so shall you reap. So when you sow the seeds of an uh, bitter melon, then you are going to get bitter fruits. And when you sow the seeds of uh, mango, you are going to get, get the fruits of mango. So when you are violating or killing millions of people, I don't think so. There is any court 
can forgive someone like Hitler. He will have to pay his dues, so he will be reincarnated into a very low form of life where he will suffer so much that he will definitely pay for what he has done. So reincarnation, without reincarnation, we don't get any answers to lots of questions that rise in our mind because sometimes people even uh, ask me that there are so many people today, you see, so they are violating and killing animals and yet they are so happy, they have so much money and they don't care their whole day enjoying their life. What happens to those kind of people? So I said they will repay when they are reborn. They are right now enjoying the fruits of their previous life's karmas and now what they are doing today, they are sowing the seeds for their next life. So, so reincarnation that that's what Jains believe that souls keep on reincarnating till it gets rid of its own all the karmas and karmas are really speaking subtle matter that adheres to the soul as a result of our actions of body speech and mind so they are karmic particles they are subtle matter particles that get stuck or get bonded to the consciousness or the soul. And how do they, they get bonded? We attract them through our negative thoughts, through our negative words, through our negative actions. And when we uh, attract them through our negativity, then we go and we are incarnated to get rid of those karmas. We are incarnated to pay for what we have done in this life. Otherwise, there is no answer. Yes. Everyone will just believe and everyone will do whatever they want to. They are not, then uh, they, there is a cause and there is an effect. Yes. But So one has to pay for what they do. Yes. I feel very lucky that even as a Western person, I was raised to believe in reincarnation by my governess, my, my nanny, who was Christian, oh. but she was in Unity, which is the same uh, organization that sponsors this radio program. And they mm. believe in reincarnation. So I feel really lucky that from a small child, I was always given this teaching, and it does really help life make sense. So in our last couple of minutes, Promota, what would you say to someone who wants to live a good life and who wants to have a good birth next time? What should somebody do? Uh, first of all, I would say that please watch your thoughts, watch your words, and watch your actions. The way I live my life, Victoria, I think that I, I will just summarize in a few words, is that I am very, very careful what I think, what I say, and what I do, because with my presence, I don't want to hurt any living being. So I am, I uh, think with awareness, I talk with awareness, and I live with awareness. I am there at every moment I am present, so I don't really try to take away the rights of other people by hurting them. 
or take away their life or by disturbing them or by even through my thoughts, with my thoughts, I don't want to even harbor any negativity, any jealousy, any anger, any bad thought, any ill will towards any living being because I know that what I throw out will come about. It's a boomerang. And what you give out, you are going to receive the same. So why do you want to live that way? Why do you want to do that? Because we know that in life, there are so many things that we do unawareingly. But if we are aware of it, then I think that there will be nothing that we will do that will hurt any life. So uh, my message to people is that please, please be aware in your thoughts, in your words, in your actions. And this can be very well done by, I feel that it starts with our food habits. And that is by becoming vegan. Because someone was saying that, what, if I don't become a vegan, how does it make a difference to the other people or animals? And I said, if one thinks it is difficult to be a vegan, because they said, oh, it's so difficult to be a vegan, then imagine how difficult it is for the poor voiceless animals when one is not a vegan. How difficult it is. And we have to really have that compassion. We have to have that feeling of sameness with the same with the life that is surrounding us. And I remember Dr. Albert Schweizer's beautiful words and he said that one thing that you have to keep in mind is that wherever you see life, you have to see and imagine that that is you. So if I put myself into the place of the other person, how would I feel if I talk like this? How would I feel if I act like this? How would I feel if I uh, use some bad words for the other person? Why? In this short span of life, why can't we be have amity, appreciation, compassion, and equanimity? Because that's the nature of the consciousness. Why can't we have that? Why we always have to be so egotistical. And doing that, we are not gaining anything. And I, I feel that when we know this, we will always remember that I am you, only different. That's beautiful. Oh my goodness, Pramoda, I could listen to you forever. And yet, sadly, our time is up. And in the wonderful world of podcasts, this interview will live on forever, uh, as will the uh, shorter interview that we did back on October 7th, 2015. So uh, listeners, whenever you need some calmness, whenever you need some inspiration, you can just tune right in and listen to Mrs. Pramoda Chitrabanhu. Uh, the book is Rainbow Food for the Vegan Palate. We will put in the show notes where you can get that. Pramoda, blessings to you. And thank, thank you so you. much for your beautiful teachings and all that you're doing in India and this country and around the world. And everybody else, God bless you. Eat your veggies. Thank you for listening to Main Street Vegan. Join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time as Victoria Moran entertains, educates, and inspires you on your vegan journey.
This program is sponsored by Main Street Vegan. To learn more about Victoria or to explore training with Main Street Vegan Academy as a vegan lifestyle coach, go to www.mainstreetvegan.net. That's www.mainstreetvegan.net. Are you ready for deeper spiritual breakthroughs? Have you wondered how to apply spiritual principles to your everyday life in practical ways? Do you feel your soul is calling you to deeper purposes? Join Reverend Galen McDowell live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central for Truth Transforms, a discussion on how God within you, as you, is the power to transform your life. If you really believe that consciousness determines your experiences and that you are an individualized expression of God, join us as we help awaken and transform the consciousness of humanity. We will discuss, through lecture, live interviews and call-in questions, spiritual healing, prayer, prosperity, forgiveness, new thought views about eternal life, and much more. The world is waiting for your truth transformation, only on Unity Online Radio. As human beings, we have been granted quite a bit of power. One of the greatest powers that we have is the power of choice. We can choose to react to situations and to people in any way that we like, and it has tremendous effect on our lives and our world. There is a spiritual law that states, thoughts held in mind will produce after their kind. Simply put, our thoughts can create our worlds. And it's quite possible to change the total direction of our lives by simply changing the way we think, by choosing to see life differently. If you're unhappy with the direction your life is headed, remember, you can change it. You've been given the power of choice. Learn how to choose it wisely. This message has been brought to you by the Association of Unity Churches International. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. Join us for a journey into spirit, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Michelle Phillips, a celebrity makeup artist, beauty expert, self-confidence coach, and Hay House author. My podcast, Beauty and Beyond, is the place for women navigating the challenges of the aging process. Listen in for my professional advice, as well as my expert guests, as we share valuable tips, practical tools, and empowering resources to help you not only look amazing, but also live an amazing life part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and available wherever you get your podcasts.